are about to enter a world of pain, suffering, and laughter. Salutations, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Worst Gig Ever. And I should say shalom to our Jewish listeners. Should you? <laughs> I, or I should say fuck you, cunt. Oh, I'm Jeff Garlock. I am Mike Pace. The show is Worst Gig Ever. Uh, we talk to comics and people who played in bands about the worst shows they ever played and all of the crapulence that just you wade through to do what you want to do. For some reason, you go through this just to just to play music, tell some jokes in front of some people. And, and all the shit. All the shit. Uh, I played in a, a band called Oxford Collapse uh, throughout my, my 20s, which is an odd way of saying it. Put out a couple of records on the fine sub-pop label uh, out of New York. I was in Panthers and Orchid. I was on Vice Records and many things. Ooh. <laughs> and uh, but we all, we, we both went through lots of shit tours and, uh, we continue to deal with these. Exactly. And pains you know, of trying to perform. You know who had some shit shows on the comedy circuit? Mike not, <laughs> not the Chitlin circuit, mind you. Mike Kaplan. Mike Kaplan. We have a fantastic episode with Mike. Kaplan today where he talks uh, he spins some yarns and let me tell you that was a pretty big sweater it's a huge sweater gonna keep us warm in this balmy weather uh, but first of all we should thank we have a, a new sponsor to the show Jeff you have the copy for this so one. so happy to welcome our newest sponsor Mopopolvu meat can uh, it's the finest Polish meat can that you can get uh, Find it at any of your local bodegas in the middle of Greenpoint. Uh, the best thing about Mopopovu meat can is you can eat that right off the, right out of the can with the lid. Uh, don't need utensils. I think actually the catchphrase is eat it using the lid while you're sitting in the summer heat in a walker. Sweating and spitting. And we should say that Mapopovu is uh, locally sourced. This Ugh. is straight out of a It's, it's like farm to table meat can. Uh, it's, it's delicious. It does, it, what is the meat? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's Mopopovu. It's in a can. Pass. It's Mopopovu. Eat it out of the can with the lid in a walker. While you're sweating and spitting. While it's a classic sweating. catchphrase. It, everyone's going to be saying it. Put it on t-shirts. So we want to thank those guys for joining the show. We can't do it without sponsors like Mapopol's Vu uh, meets. We don't have the deep pockets of a public radio here. It's like, get out of my face. And speaking of which, uh, feel free, if you have any comments, criticisms, hate mail, love mail, erotic email, uh, so you can send it to worstgigever at gmail.com. Right, and follow us at uh, worstgigeverpodcast.tumblr.com. And please... Please make sure, uh, please, we beg you, go to iTunes, uh, subscribe, give us some wonderful comments, or shit on us, We're not really that desperate. That was, that was, uh, what we call improv acting, uh, Jeff Garlick, master of, uh, master of disguise. <laughs> it's a great Garlick. movie. I saw it twice in the theaters. Mike Kaplan has a new musical comedy CD out with his 
musical partner, his life partner, Micah Sherman. It is called Please Be Seated. It comes out September 25th. It's available on pre-order for pre-order now uh get it at the apple store you can get it from mikekaplan.com that is m y q k a p l a n . c o m where's good cover Killer Joe, great Sip. movie, can't wait to see it. Sipolence. Sip. Sipolence. Sip. Sipowix. <laughs> That's a, uh, some comedian friend of mine did that. I'm not going to name names. <laughs> oh, already being KG. Wait, is Sipowitz, uh, what's his name? Dennis, Dennis Franz. Franz. Yeah. I saw an, he's in uh, American Gigolo, I believe, in an early. He was, uh, I, I think I, you mean that it's American Psycho and that's Christian Bale. Yeah, you got a couple things. Yeah, you well, have American Gigolo with Richard Gere. You got you no, have American Psycho. That yeah. is uh, Pretty Woman with Richard Gere. <laughs> with Jason Alexander. American Pretty Woman. Dustin checks in with Jason Alexander. Is what you're thinking about. What's that movie with Matt LeBlanc and the monkey? Ed. Ed. That's I thought it was. I was gonna Ed. say Ed. Yeah. It seems I was so like, easy. That doesn't sound right. Can't, can't it just be called Ed? <laughs> Not to be, must be at least Mr. Ed. <laughs> no, not to be confused with the talking uh, horse movie with Bobcat Goldthwait. Hot to trot. Hot to trot. <laughs> and we're <laughs> and off to a great start. Are we wonderful Richard Dreyfuss? all this? We are always gold. Is on tape. This is like California, eighteen forty-eight. Yeah. It's all gold. <laughs> wow, all sir, right. yeah, sir. got that line in. <laughs> great, Mike Kaplan. Welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Backstage, the green room <laughs> yes. of my apartment. Oh yeah. Uh, thank you for coming in to Worst Gig Ever. You're uh, welcome. I can't believe that I came to this worst place that right? I've ever been. <laughs> That's what everyone says. Here we go. I, yeah. I said, want to come in and have a have the worst time ever? Uh, or how about... I'm not even getting the name oddly, right. Yeah, oddly you agreed. Yeah. Uh, it's like you don't listen to what anyone says to you. I hung around in a park until you were done with your interview and then approached you and said, want to come to my house and do... A pot, quote unquote, podcast. Which a quote unquote. <laughs> These are hooked up, by the way. <laughs> All podcasts have quotes around them. Right? <laughs> exactly. And I assume, obviously, you 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 had a pretty good idea that I would do, you know, any gig <laughs> talking about. Or I did. Or you saw me performing outdoors <laughs> into the sky. That is that. I, I wanted to ask you about that because, as a an audience member. Uh, going to Central Park, uh, where I saw you recently. Again, no, this podcast is evergreen. <laughs> so, you know, it just, it happened recently. It was in the recent uh, time. Yes. And so I'm sitting there and it's, it's, it was a joy to watch comedy outside in a park. Right. But as Jeff and I both know from having played music and played shows in weird venues, maybe outside and right. in a park where Random people are walking it's by. It's terrible. Well, I wanted park. to ask you, performing comedy outside in a park. I like this all, good interview or bad interview. Yeah, exactly. Here we go. What do you got? <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah outside, so like, how's that feel? You were just performing like in, in these unorthodox places. Yeah, I love, well, normally I like performing in unorthodox places because those Jews are the worst. Am I? <laughs> 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 
<laughs> then the rest of the podcast is just sounds. And that's why we get booked in all the worst yeah, places. Yeah, exactly. This band of ours that we just formed. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, I will say for sure, for comedy, definitely. Like, I mean, I've also be, uh, been a musician at times, and I've done like some, you know, some music festivals happen outdoors, right. and like when. The, the, I think the common denominator for like a good show, the main, main thing you want for a good show is people there who know that it's a show. That's right. like, that's one of the key elements. Right. People there who are there for the show. Like, and so when you go to like a music festival, I did like this Block Island music festival a couple times, which is like right off the coast of Rhode Island. Mm-hmm. And it's really, everybody just pretty much is on the island for the festival. And it's cool. Like there's like some, it's just a lot of fun. I guess there is a building all, some of the things happen indoors, but some of it's on an outdoor patio. Uh, and it's cool. Uh, and so with comedy, like comedy just like logistically doesn't work as well because of the acoustics. I right. mean, the, the main, th- like the, some of the best clubs in the country are like tiny, like holes in the wall, like attics, basements, like low ceilings where yeah. like if there's any laughter, it reverberates and then that makes more laughter. It's a positive feedback right. loop. Uh, so that when you lack that, when you have no ceiling at all, when you have a right. tree, uh, just that, got ceiling, man. D- yeah, de- yeah, definitively. <laughs> the sky is the limit, uh, yeah. and it doesn't limit it at all. Exactly. It's just every, it goes into the ether. Uh, and, so th- but this particular show, this was probably the, that was probably the best outdoor show, I think, comedy show that I've done in recent times that I can remember. Because, I mean, I, you know, I, I guess I went into it not expecting it. You know, I, I rarely have expectations. Like, right. unless I've been somewhere, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, I've done this show at the UCB a bunch of times. It's usually good. I'll hope it's good again. Sure. You know, I'll not be like, I gotta count. There are never any guarantees. Yes. But like, you know, the, this, the comedy studio where I started in Boston, a, a wonderful place where I, like, I almost always have an amazing time. Uh, but like I'm going, you know, into a new situation and especially a new outdoor situation, right. I'll be like, mm, this could be, you know, quote unquote, the worst. Right. Uh, so, but I like, uh, obviously, if I go into it with that mentality, then I can always just be either, you know, I get what I thought I would get. Right. Uh, and I'm not disappointed or I'm pleasantly surprised. And this time I was more than pleasantly surprised because I was like, all right, you guys, here's just going to be a horrible thing. <laughs> and then they, I told a joke and they laughed and I could hear it. And I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. that's good. They were and, actually engaged in it. So. Were, you, were you there for the whole show? No, I think I came uh, towards the middle. Okay. Because like my, I mean, my opening set was where I did the most like actual stuff mm-hmm. uh, and then just was hosting and bringing people up. But everybody like had great sets, yeah. And like, I mean, in the, my beginning, I was like, "Wow, this is like." It, and people gather. I think there was only like maybe thirty people at the beginning, or maybe forty. But then it kept gathering. There was probably like over a hundred, maybe oh, yeah. a couple hundred people by yeah. the end. Yeah, Th- that's the the ideal situation where an, uh, with an event where people can just congregate and show right. up. Uh, at their own whim. As opposed to the opposite, where you're playing and you start to notice, or doing a set, and it's like, oh, they're slowly like, oh, I should probably refresh this drink, or uh, this is the perfect time to take a dump. Yeah. Uh, and you can see them just slowly fading out, and you're just like, oh, okay, well, I well, guess... Well, I think also the idea that no one needed to buy tickets for this thing, so it's, oh, comedy in the park. This is fantastic. Yeah, it's a great... Uh, I think the organization is called, like, Laughter in the Park. Or yes, it is. You know, the, they, which they've done yeah. for the past few years. And I've done other shows of theirs, like, in Washington Square Park, I think in Tompkins Park. And they've all been, like, okay. Again, like, I go into them with, you know, a mindset of, like, this is better than nothing. Right. Hopefully. That's, right. like, <laughs> ho- hopefully better than nothing is what I want. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that go- when you go into shows, I mean, you kind of touched on this. So, like, when you go into any show, uh, are you generally going in uh, with, or at- has it gotten better over time with any sort of like trepidation about it? Uh, do you go in with uh, fear? 
uh, and like, oh, I'm hoping this won't be terrible, or have you kind of shifted over at any point? I have been sort of freakishly optimistic my whole life, Ugh. other than, I mean, you know, like, in I feel like I, I've never been like, I've been sort of like, you know, emotionally bullied and like sure. outcast and things. And like, but I've never been in like physical fights, right. say, but I've come to a place where I'm like, you know, the, the worst case scenario in life, I think for me is, you know, obviously nobody wants to be alone. Nobody wants to be like sad or trapped in a box, you know, like there's, like there's all these, there's definitely a lot of bad things <laughs> right. that are possible, but uh, in the realistic world, uh, like that I live in, I'm like, you know, I have friends, I have people in my life, I have a, a, a good, uh, you know, I make my money from comedy, right. like everything is generally good. And part of that is that there are bad shows sometimes. Like, so yeah. I, I don't ever go into a show thinking like, what if this is the bad one? You know, mm-hmm. like I always go and, and I always think even with the worst shows, even with a, with an audience that doesn't love me, uh, like all audiences should. <laughs> exactly. Uh, no, even with my those, biggest problem. Yeah. Even with those audiences, like there could be like one jo- one thing I could riff something new that I right. never said. I could one joke could work and I'd be like, wow, an audience that hates me likes this one thing. So I've always been like a glass, any amount full, kind right. of like, you know, 100% optimistic. Uh, because the worst case scenario that I'm going to do is just like, uh, the only thing to fear is like death and pain. That's right. my... Like, you know, I mean, and here's Which the thing. Uh, death and pain. Uh, yes. Taxes would also be in there. Yes. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm okay with taxes. I think because right. uh, I like the things that they pay for <laughs> sure, in general, exactly. you know, like roads and wars. <laughs> they basically uh, work out. Yeah. But uh, go ahead. I was, I was going to say, like, I'm legitimately, actually, a new, I have a, a friend that I perform music with, uh, mm-hmm. music comedy named Micah Sherman, and we have a new album coming out, and uh, that's why I came here. Everybody yeah, should talk perfect. about this album. <laughs> Wonderful. Uh, the worst gig for you guys. Is <laughs> yeah. uh, All right. Uh, the album's called Please Be Seated, September 25th, available on iTunes for pre-order now. This but, should be out by then. Oh, great. Not. Super. Oh, perfect. This <laughs> well, is going to work out smashingly. Uh, you can, well, I'm sorry if it's yeah. too late to pre-order it, but if it's too late to pre-order it, then you can just <laughs> get it. Yeah, uh, just but buy I was, it like a normal person. We have a new song that I was going to say, where it's basically about how the only thing to fear is death and pain uh and then maybe some other things but not fear itself no no i mean yeah forget about that who cares the only thing to hate is fear itself (laughs) i think but the and also here's why you shouldn't care about death or pain really because death means the absence of pain and pain means you're still alive so it's a win-win either way (laughs) i can i can turn it around just destroyed the whole uh (laughs) mo behind the podcast so to answer your question no never afraid (laughs) right exactly Oh, well, you still haven't broken me. I'm still afraid of everything. Fearless. Oh, come on, man. Didn't I just talk you into it? <laughs> nope. Sorry. <laughs> but I think, I, I think there, what's interesting is, is given when we'll, we'll talk about the music stuff in a bit, but, but the fact as a, as a road comic, as someone who's touring on a consistent basis, the kind of similarity, and Jeff and I have logged a lot of time touring, playing music. Some of the, the similarities and differences between playing, you know, getting in a van and driving across country and hitting one town. And maybe if that town doesn't work out, there's always the promise of the next town. Um, and you're in sort of a different boat where it's you're flying to a place. You're there for maybe a couple of shows or a weekend or whatever it is. If a show maybe isn't doesn't go great, you have another couple of chances to to create it. Uh, create it is not the right word. No, no, you got it. Um, you got it. <laughs> to create something even better out of that. Uh, I don't know. So I just wanted to to, to throw that. Yeah. Did well, you uh, just, uh, did you ever do the kind of uh, more along the lines of the get in the van tour? Uh, less no. of the flying around, but more just kind of like oh, I should I'll do the East Coast for a while, like a week or so. 
Well, I guess a couple things. Number one, sometimes, like, to answer to what you just said, that, like, yeah, normally now I do go, like, fly in somewhere right. or to a couple places. You know, I'm, I'm somewhere for, you know, either Tuesday, could be Tuesday to Saturday, could be Wednesday to Sunday, could be just Thursday to Saturday or Friday and Saturday. But, yeah. Any other combinations in yeah, there? <laughs> yeah, it could be just Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> okay. It could be Wednesday, Sunday, and every alternate Monday. Uh, yeah. You guys, look at a calendar and just point and I'll go. Uh, <laughs> you do uh, get my calendar. Yeah, get it, get it, get it. Uh, but... Like I was at one place that I was at recently was it was in Milwaukee. I actually I I think I know the name of the club, but it's not even that important. Mm-hmm. But it was uh it's and it's also not just Milwaukee in general because like I remember I was on I was on a show in a theater there for the last Comic Standing tour in 2010, mm-hmm. uh, and it was an amazing show. It was a cool town. I liked it a lot. Uh, and then I did, went to this club, which was just in a different, I guess, different part of town, different, brought a different audience. Like the pe- people weren't there to see me. I right. think it was in the basement of a strip club. And, uh, it, I, I don't think it was just people who like didn't get into the strip club. They're like, oh, why don't you just look at, instead of a lady taking off her clothes, a guy <laughs> with his clothes on talking in a nasal voice. Fine, you know? even trade. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. I guess that makes sense. But, uh, like the audiences there, I think I did. You know, at least, I think I did three shows, one Friday, two Saturday. And like I said, there was, I got things out of them and I would go back because right. I think it's sort of like, I mean, some people see it. I don't know if you listen to Pete Holmes's podcast. Sure. Yeah. Uh, like those that can be like the comedy gym, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like where you, like you, it's a resistance workout where, I mean, it's important. It's good to perform in front of audiences that are, are your demographic that love you, like that are just comedy savvy fans who re- like those are wonderful to do. Sure. Uh, and they let you, you know, uh, stretch. Like, and riff and like go be in the moment and experiment. Right. And that's great. But then it's also good to take those, the results of those experiments and in front of, you know, not quote unquote, not that those aren't real people, but just like people who aren't the same. You know, it's good to be in front of all different kinds of audiences. It's good to be able to do both. Right. Uh, and so in, in these, in these situations, I was like, oh man, I got it. Like, I have to, it's work. It's more work. Uh, it's like the, the, in the craft as opposed mm-hmm. to the art, you know, the, the, you know, just, I said all the things. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I did, I'd say to answer your question of have I ever been like the guy, get in a van kind of guy type thing. Uh, yes, when I was a kid, this guy had candy, and I was like, all right, let's get in the van and do a tour. Right? <laughs> no. uh, the candy van tour, right? Uh, the candy van players. That's not a, not a true thing, guys. So, I mean, unless it's blocked out and I'm at surfacing in this way through comedy. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it. Yeah. I guess I do fear things now. So... <laughs> Uh, when I started, I started comedy in Boston, mm-hmm. and uh, Boston is a great place to start comedy. I think to do to start comedy. Do start comedy. Great accent. That's my Boston accent coming out. I'm from New Jersey originally. But yeah, I learned. That's my Steve Martin Boston accent. Um. So in Boston, uh, there was like a few clubs that are, Mm -hmm. some of them were open like seven days a week and some of them like a few less, some of them just the weekends. But then there would be like sort of these, uh, you know, bars, restaurants, one-nighters around the Boston area, the Mm -hmm. greater, you know, all of Massachusetts sort of, then like very nearby within a few hours drive, you could get to Rhode Island, New Hampshire, Vermont, Connecticut, sometimes come down to New York. Block Island. Uh, Block Island. (laughs) If you wanted to. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, and so it wasn't like you wouldn't have to, you know, go on a tour for like three weeks to have that experience you could but you could you know get on like drive an hour each night or drive three hours one so it had that same sort of mentality where it wasn't like you know i wasn't a headliner i was you know you're at first an open micer and sure just, and then eventually an opener and a feature act and trying to you know get whatever 25 50 100 bucks whatever whatever you're getting yep. door mm-hmm. deal you know help this or that you know 
so, the, you know, there's definitely, you, I think all, most comedians start out with like a, a do-it-yourself kind of mentality because yeah. you have to, because there's no, like with a band, at least, I don't know what the, what the situation is today, but you can, you can get good before you ever play a gig. Sure. You can, sure. Have, you can release a CD, you can put it online, you can, you could get a fan base before you've ever performed live. Yeah. And yeah. like, I, I don't know if you guys know George Watsky. He is one of my so. favorite people. Uh, he is a, a young white rapper. Uh, he's like 25-ish, mm-hmm. and uh, he's on, he just embarked upon his first like national, I think international tour this like this summer. Like I think he's in London now, but uh, he was he did like 20 cities across America like with him rapping and a band uh, supporting mm-hmm. wow. him. But he 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 came to sort of uh, like stardom he came to he gained his his star rose because of youtube initially like he he self-released self-produced an album uh like three years ago and it's amazing it's really great he's in a he's a super rapper like it's he's really good and has a lot of heart and great rhymes and uh it wasn't until he had like a youtube video get like millions of hits uh called pale kid raps fast Uh and it was amazing. Uh, and then, so then all of a sudden he has millions of views on YouTube and then these, you know, thousands of fans, however many people. And then that was what enabled him to ultimately be like, oh, now I'm going to, I love performing live. I'm going to go on tour. Right. And do this. Like he'd also done like deaf poetry jam, I think. Yeah. And like had, you know, does performed at colleges, like doing poetry shows or rap shows, depending. But, uh, like, so with music, like you could, you can get great without the audience. Yeah, it's a whole other bag. Well, now, you can't really like, put yeah, up a tape of your stan- uh, of you telling jokes into a camera and put it on YouTube and expect a similar. No, the the only example it's a very rare anomaly that like Bob Newhart is the guy is the one guy that he I He got famous off of YouTube. Uh yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's right. that's what exactly what <laughs> I'm talking about. But you guys know that <laughs> this, this is old hat. He puts uh, the n- the new in Newhart. Shouldn't his name be Bob Oldhart? Somebody write that down. Uh so Maybe he gets a new heart every, who knows. So, uh, <laughs> Dick Cheney's last name should be Newheart. How about it, everybody? Oh, Bob, old Dick. Okay, so, listen, everybody, this is a great time. Uh, you don't, I'll tell you when it's a great time, and that was it. So, maybe that'll be the name of my podcast. I'll tell you when it's a great time. <laughs> I fully support that. I title. sincerely, somebody remember that. Yes. Uh, thing. Perfect. Uh, I, I believe that Bob Newhart, like, was working as an accountant. Yep. And then just would do these funny bits, I think maybe for his friends, or then he just mm-hmm. recorded, he recorded like his own little thing of him, uh, just making like, pr- not prank phone calls, but he was just doing his like one, his phone yeah. call things where he was doing one side of a phone call right. and it was funny. And he, I think, initially recorded of them without an audience. He just, right. he was, he, because they didn't need an audience, they were just a funny thing to share with friends. And then. The jerky boys of his day. Exactly. And then somebody <laughs> found him. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then, yeah, Bob, Bob, I think there's, there's Bob a, jerky boys, exactly the same. A rich well. history yes. from Bob Newhart to Crank Yankers. That's a compliment uh, to Bob Newhart. Yes. Yeah. Jerky boys, hilarious. Yeah. There's, I don't know what, if there's any, if anybody has a problem with any of these things. <laughs> I got no uh, problem with the Jerky Boys. I like that, you know, Bob Newhart had his show, the Newhart, he had his show, the Bob Newhart show, and the Jerky Boys have their boys. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, what about the Jerky Boys movie? Wasn't Is, that was there one? Yeah, there okay. was a movie. Was they got the big enough to movie. have a movie where they started it. Great, good work. Yeah, good for them. Uh, Streaming on Netflix now. But yeah, so that, I mean, I think eventually, like, uh, either a record label or somebody was like, Bob Newhart, you should have right. a comedy album. And then he, I think, recorded it in front mm-hmm. of people. Right. Uh, but that was, you know, that's sort of that's like the, the that does not usually happen. Yeah. 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 I feel like it sounds like, you know, like it, yeah, the, the, Bands kind of have it different now because it's like how we were on the road is what you have to do. Like it's a, you play a bunch of random shows, and you're doing a bunch of open, you know, just kind of like oh, well, I'll be an opener and you know hope yeah. that we get something for gas, but probably we won't. 
um, and then deal with whatever shitty band we're playing with. Uh, but there's also uh, a main difference is that there's a, a camaraderie between bandmates. Like, if you played a shitty show, you guys get in the van and you can all sulk in the van right. together. Yes. And commiserate the together. togetherness of people. Right, so I think that's I, I'm I'm curious about the the solo wanderings. Well, of in a the road beginning, comic. also as a comedian, like there were the times that I would go to do these other shows, like down in you Rhode would, Island. Like yeah. you would sometimes, like you know, you'd carpool with right. some friends. So you would be like, mm-hmm. you'd have the ride back to be like, that sucked. <laughs> yeah, that did suck. <laughs> we're friends. Like, yeah. I mean, there's some people. Some people I'm still friends with, you know, from when I started doing comedy, and then some people like I still have like you know fond memories of, even though we're not like some people. They're not all still doing comedy. Sure. Uh, because they couldn't hack it. <laughs> because that they couldn't take Rhode Island. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely, I mean, when I go on the road now, uh, if, you know, there's always another, you know, there's always another comic or two on the bill, generally right. speaking, unless it's a college, then it could yeah. be just me. Uh, but then that's only usually one night in and out, and I right. usually enjoy it. Uh, and like these days, there's always some people, almost always some people at my show who want to be there. So like, you know, whether the, like I'm selling a lot of CDs after or like people come up and want, you know, like, hey, I saw you on the thing. Like, it's always nice. Right. And I feel like that sometimes I go to towns now and like, like the local vegans will be like, hey, can we take you out to the local vegan place? Yeah. And so it's a nice little, like there's, you know, other communities that, yes. are, that I'm a part of. Yes. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it, it, it could get lonely. Like I, the, the worst, like, lonely stretch, sort of, that I had recently was, there's this club, and it's a great club, and I love performing at the club, but it's just that they bring you there for two weeks, and it's in Canada. It's, Ooh. like, it's really interesting. Where in Canada? It's in Winnipeg, Canada, oh. and it's a great club called Rumors, and, like, they were, I think the club was packed nearly every night that I was there. I think I did, like, you know, 12 shows. They usually bring you in, uh, like, it's Tuesday to Saturday, and then you have off Sunday and Monday, and then you do the next Tuesday to Saturday. I think I came in, like, a couple days late, so I was there, like, 10 days. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's like going to Canada, you can, you know, I changed my phone plans so that I could talk to people, but it was like, I only fewer minutes a day. Right. Like I, like texts cost more money. Uh, you know, I had, there was internet in the place. I watched so many seasons of TV shows. Right. I think I watched like a full Game of Thrones season, a full The Good Wife season. <laughs> I watched all of Sherlock. I watched right. a season of Southland. That's watched... way more TV than the amount of time you were there, I think. Uh, yeah, no, literally, <laughs> it it those was... are actually, that's not all of what I watched. I, wa- <laughs> I watched all of those things and more. So yeah. you don't, like, in, in that case, you're in Winnipeg for a week and a half, whatever it is. How much time are you spending checking out the, the local sites or getting a feel for for the uh, regional flavor, I mean, if you will. I think I spent one day doing that and saw everything. <laughs> like, yeah. w- I mean, Winnipeg isn't gigantic, yeah, right. but yes, there were some people. There's a guy who had me do like a podcast or like a video uh, piece that he was doing, and uh, he like drove me around a few different places and times and like showed me showed me like there were definitely like two days where I went and did like a lot of you know Stuff. a lot of things and I always like you know Google the the local vegetarian restaurants sure. and there was like within walking like maybe like a mile or two from the club or from where I was staying. There was like a vegetarian, a vegan burger place called like Boone Burgers, and it was awesome. So I went nice. there a few times, like, and I, you know, I made use of my time. Like, I got, you know, I got some exercise. Like, I did a lot of writing. I got my email inbox down to like four items. You know? <laughs> like, I got, I, I 
really, you know, did all, I, because I had all this time, like I made use of it, you know, right. in, as far as consumption and production went, right. but like, An I definitely successful visits. Yeah. And there were, I mean, but there, and there were like other comedians there who I like befriended and like, you know, would hang out with after shows right. and go out to eat with, but like, you know, for the bulk of the time, like at least half of every day I was alone. And, uh, yeah. And if I had to do that all the time, like for some comedians, that's their experience yeah. all the time right. on the road. Right. I mean, when I'm in America, like I have friends who I talk to on like a regular basis, you know, yeah. so when I'm driving or when I'm walking, like you're at least, you know, even if you're not hanging out with somebody, you can be in touch with them. And, mm-hmm. you know, obviously in the days before email, I'm sure it was even worse. Like right. I, I can't imagine before cell phones and email must have been the loneliest. Yeah. <laughs> like, cause now I'm like, oh, I had to be in Canada. I could only email <laughs> yeah. <and> text. <laughs> like, uh, back in my day. <laughs> I mean, what? I mean, like in, you know, in 20 years, they'll have teleporters be like, I'm going to do Canada for two weeks, but right. I'll come yeah. home every night. <laughs> I'll yeah. see every uh, hour. Yeah. Back in my, back in my, we didn't have teleporters so <laughs> it is frustrating though i can't like i remember it's because you feel like you're so close it's hardly in another place but you just cross that line and it's yeah. all of a sudden it's like oh wait i can't just call people i i'm cut did off did you play in winnipeg oh, we played in uh, i don't think we ever did winnipeg yeah uh we, it was unremarkable yeah our, that sounds our about right winnipeg, i would say um uh not no offense to the fine people of winnipeg wonderful love people, their city I'm sure uh, so uh, you mentioned food, uh, and that was something we were talking about before. Uh, you are vegan. Uh, how long you been vegan? Uh, about ten years. Okay, great. and about five years before that, vegetarian. Yeah. So it's mo- pretty much the exact time that I've been a comedian. I've been perfect. Vegan. Uh, how how is it? Uh, because it, it's when you're on tour in a band too. It's a huge part of the day is finding food, especially that you can eat if you're vegetarian. That's uh, that's a place that I think uh, the band versus uh, solo experience, like, it's probably easier for the solo. Right. Because like, I was talking to Watsky yeah. uh, about his, because he's traveling with a band, and yep. I think he told me he's the only vegetarian in the band, which I learned when I was like, hey, do you want to go get, grab some food, <laughs> yeah. you know, before or after the show? And he's like, yeah, we usually have to, you know, find something that we all agree on. Yep. And so for me, I just want to get to a town, I'm like, literally, Google vegan Winnipeg. Right. See what mm-hmm. comes up, uh, or ask people that I know that are from there, the area. Like, pretty much everywhere that I go now, it's rare. Like, no place has nothing to eat, because everywhere has a grocery store Agreed. with, you know, fruit, vegetables, nuts, you know. Uh, you can, I can survive. Like, people are like, can you, how do you do it? Right. Like, you can go to a, you can go to an Asian restaurant. Like, yep. every, almost all those places, like, the vegetarians, the vegetable dishes don't have dairy in them. Yep. Like, so... It, I, I'm not super picky beyond the fact that I'm, you know, that I eat vegan. Uh, I'm not like, I'm not like, I got to go to just to a vegan restaurant right. or uh, what's this voice? You know, uh, <laughs> but classic vegan voice. <laughs> mo- I mean, obviously today, especially like, I mean, like I said, I was in Boston for most of my like the first six years of my comedy career. Yeah. Not like, I was traveling a little bit, but mostly I was in New England. Right. And like, you know, when you're in a city like Boston, New York or, you know, anywhere on the West Coast, those cities like but any major city, Austin, Minneapolis. In what's that? Who does delight? Oh. Boston, country life. Uh, grasshopper. Uh, grasshopper. Grasshopper. Fantastic. There's. In, in the right place, next to right Grasshopper, next to yeah, Piso Pie is yeah. a vegan. Pi- there's a whole vegan district in yeah. Austin. Now there's a new uh, vegan ice cream place that just opened next to that oh, called really? Faux Moo. Oh. Well, there you go. Yeah, I went to BU as well. Gotcha, so, gotcha. Uh, yeah, so there's Boston has a uh, Veggie Planet. Yeah. You know? There's a bunch of vegan, you know, vegan options there. And, and every city has at least one, if not multiple, like vegetarian restaurants that are, especially if they're the only one, they're bound to be like decent. Right. Uh, to survive in a market where nobody clearly wants a vegetarian right. restaurant. They're like, we got, we got to be good here. We right. got to make it work. 
So Worcester, yeah, I, Massachusetts, surprisingly, at one point had two to three vegan restaurants. I remember, that weird yeah, bumfuck of a town. Totally, totally. Uh, which was an amazing thing, including the Supreme Master cult, which is how I'm always on the lookout for is the Supreme Master. Of course. Uh, what was the what, Supreme Master what's, cult? Supreme Master has uh, it was uh, Quan Yen in Worcester. What is it? What's the one they have in New York? The one here is uh, Loving Hut. Yeah, Loving Hut. Yeah, Loving the, Hut's all over, over the, the place. Theater. Yeah, uh, and then. Uh, the, my favorite is Golden Era in San Francisco. Oh, great, great! Uh, vegan restaurant, one of the best foes I've ever had. Uh, it's but it's a, it's yeah. a, it's a Asian religion slash cults uh, run by a oh, well-dressed female who have their own station, sort of like a channel. Krishna temple. Uh, it, yeah, it feels like it has some, but more like you you dress up nice, uh, you <laughs> clean up well. Um, it's, it's real weird. So yeah, so there's those all over the place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, so eating for me on the road has not been. I feel like the the place that I had the most notable difficulty uh, was in like Alaska. I was in like right. Fairbanks, Alaska for four days, and they just they had like no specifically vegetarian restaurants. But I just got Chinese food. You know, yeah. it was mm-hmm. it was not a problem. Right. Well, here's all. a question though: What do you eat on the plane to Alaska? Uh, you know, I fly Delta mostly, and you can. Number one, if you're in coach, then there's no meal. There's, yeah, there's peanuts. I can eat peanuts. Uh, airports these days have vegetarian options. Right. Uh, and if I'm in, if I get bumped up to first class, which I do because I uh, occasionally I I fly a lot and I have mm-hmm. a status that does that. Uh, and if they bump me up soon enough, like I a couple days in advance, I can request a purely vegetarian meal. I, I I think you brought up. I forgot. Like I forget about the fact that yeah, like uh, you're you're able to go off on your own because I that it, that was the problem with touring as everyone slowly got off the vegetarian train and I kept going. Where it's like you know the last couple tours, it was constantly like, oh, we got to go to the Anchor Bar because they got the first buffalo wings. Yeah. And I'm like, all right, I guess I'll the have first the- buffalo wings like yeah. in the world. No, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, buffalo wings, where they were as you might imagine, are from Buffalo, New York. That sounds yeah. right. And Anchor Bar, and there's and another they place called me a Pasta Primavera. And I said, I think I'll just sit and not eat because it sounds terrible, and I'll find something else. <laughs> One time before, I, I don't remember where this was in my comedy career, but I was taking a road trip with a buddy of mine. Uh-huh. Uh, like we drove from, I was in Boston. I came down to Jersey, and he had to drive his car from New Jersey to L.A. And we took uh, like a, a southerly route because mm-hmm. he had friends in like one of the Carolinas and mm-hmm. we had somebody in Louisiana and then a friend in like Texas. And so then we did it, stopping at all those places. And in Louisiana, we went out with like a friend of his to just, you know, I, if I had searched for a vegetarian restaurant, sure. I might have only been vegetarian at the time, not even vegan. Right. But I was looking at the menu and I was like, uh, okay, there's spaghetti. Could I get it without... Uh, without meatballs, right. and they're like, "Well, the meat is in the sauce." And I'm like, "Okay, how about uh, no sauce and just vegetables in it?" And they're like, "We don't really have vegetables." <laughs> and then I looked at the menu. The other side of it, it said uh, pizza, and here were the list of pizza toppings. And the pizza toppings included like mushroom, onion, pepper. And I'm like, right. "You guys do have vegetables. You just don't know that's what they're called. You call vegetables pizza toppings." Oh, you wanted pizza topping pasta? <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's right there. You just got to order that. Spaghetti uh, pizza with... Know, welcome to Louisiana. Yeah. Yeah, I'll have a, a pizza with all the vegetables, all the <laughs> toppings, uh, minus pepperoni, minus sausage, just over a pasta, please. Hey, Jimmy, give me a pizza <laughs> yeah. with <the> vegetables. <laughs> with nothing. Nothing? <laughs> <laughs> Jimmy, the guy in Louisiana who's working. <laughs> Jimmy, man. How old are you that that's a thing that you know? 34. All right. Yes. You look young. You yes, look younger. I've got a cherubic face. You're so. wearing cut-off shorts. I you wear, got yes. it. Oh, look. <laughs> I dress like a young hobo. Not a care um, in the world. Uh, the I think also something that you brought up uh, of uh, 
you know, you are, again, you're alone. Uh, you know, you're with. Thank you. You're alone. You're <laughs> alone. In you're life. Sad, we're all person. alone. <laughs> yes. We're all one, which means we're all one lonely person. <laughs> Finally. Uh, but yeah, I, I, you know, do you, when you are going out to play shows, uh, do gigs, uh, tour around, you have to be social. Are you a social person in general or is it slightly painful for you as it can be for me the post show meet and greet selling stuff out like realizing like oh i'm probably gonna have to kind of deal with this promoter and uh i would say i i am generally a social person okay like i i enjoy my alone time right i've had a lot of alone time like forced upon me in life so at this point i mean i do just taking as much as you can get yeah i mean not that i love hanging out with anybody right i I mean like i definitely can like i can go to a party where i don't know a lot of people and like meet strangers and like hang out and have a good time but and it doesn't mean i have to like people you know obviously not every person is for every person friendship wise or audience wise yeah i mean but every you know everybody has their like i think that knowing that like here's an example that might seem that i'm going to sort of convert to to be analogous hopefully right. i used to work at the uh, barnes and noble at boston university right uh, i was i worked in the cafe oh, and okay. every morning uh every one morning a week i think while one of the we had a, ma- a new store manager who was like we're going to have a rally everybody's going to have a it's, that's what they called it a rally uh. like a pep <laughs> rally but just business talk uh. like for everybody in the store and like sometimes we'd be like we have to be making the things right. the, the scones don't put themselves <laughs> in the oven themselves we do that and then stand around hoping not to go to this meeting <laughs> Right. Uh, but so sometimes if there was like, you know, too much and enough of us, we'd all go to this meeting. Uh, and so I'd be listening to this guy being like, all right, we got, we gotta, we gotta get this, hit the sales up. We got, here's the new things that's coming out, uh, for the book people. And it was like nothing that was relevant to me at all. Cause it was all like about book sales. Right. And so I was like, this we talk is- about scones yet? Yeah. No, okay. no, no, keep selling the scones. You got it. Okay. <laughs> Say that they're delicious. Perfect. Uh, and basically, uh, I, the way that I would get myself through those meetings would be to pretend that it was like satire. To be right. like, this guy is doing like an impression of Dilbert's boss. <laughs> and it's amazing. Like, it was like right. so, it, you know, the buzzwords and the things like, it was so. Synergy. Yeah. I was thinking that too. <laughs> we got a synergy, synergy going on here. Look at that. Scone uh, synergy. But, uh, yeah, so that's, that was how I, I was like, okay, this is, this is what it is. Right. I have to do it. Right. For right now. So I'm going to, Get it, make my brain enjoy it any way that I can, right. and then that was what it was like. You know, the same way that if you go into a movie mm-hmm. that you expect, like somebody, people were like, "Spider Man Three is horrible," right. and I was like, "But I love Spider Man One and Two. Sure. How can it be horrible?" <laughs> well, I heard enough people say it. I'll assume it's horrible. I go into it the same way I go into a gig, an outdoor gig, right. like no expectations, and then I, I was like, "This is fun." Yeah, it yes. was horrible, but I had a good time given the parameters. Like right. I wanted to right. see it. I thought it would be horrible. It was surprisingly fine. Same thing. Like I don't have to hang out with people after a show. Right. Like, but if people are like, "You gotta hang out," then you know, if I do, I could either be like, "No, I don't gotta," right. and, and then don't. Or, but I mean, generally, I like to hang out with people if they if they're people. One of the things that I like about here's a here's a characteristic that I like in a person <laughs> is them liking me. Sure. So if somebody likes <laughs> it's me, a big plus a lot of yeah, times. that's a big plus. So I'll be like, "All right, yeah, let's let's do this for a little while," and then hopefully just be able to you know escape and right. when I want to. I think that ends up being the scare. I know when we. Played, I, we've talked about like college gigs, especially yes. for bands. Always the best. I'm assuming for comedians too, always the best paying 
yeah. shows. Oh, yeah. When, especially when you're starting out. I yeah. mean, right. you might not even be a headliner. Like, I think I was featuring in clubs, right. which, you know, you're making uh, – You it used to be that you could make a living from featuring or sure. even hosting. But uh, these days, like, it doesn't – you know, they don't usually don't fly you if you're the feature. They it's, So, you, you know, it's featuring around Boston. Right. But at the same time, then I, start, I got a college agent and started booking college shows where I was the headliner. And, it, yeah, it was – uh, maximally, uh, financially productive. Yeah. Maximally, I think yeah. the hard part, yes. <laughs> I think the hard part of those college was that you, you played them, at least in band wise, because they paid well. Uh, but then there would be the ones where it's like, oh, but now we're kind of stuck here tonight. Like I'm stuck on campus because we played like rural Vermont mm-hmm. and we can't really drive back because it's too late. And now everyone wants us to go to the party, and yeah. those are the moments when I felt really old. and or sleep in uh, the dorm. And, yeah, and it's the mo- yeah, and uh, that's also the moments when I want to go to sleep more than anything in the mm-hmm. entire world. It's just like, no, we got to go to Shushi's like fucking room and <laughs> hang out. Whose room? Psych Shushi. Shushi. Oh, Shushi. Yeah. Okay. You know Shushi. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Japan. <laughs> Japanese uh, fork shapes. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's just I always felt a little trapped at those, uh, and it it bummed me out. Yeah. <laughs> I, know, I was always. Uh, I per- I personally always enjoyed playing college. I you know, same kind of a. Ugh. You're the odd one. I am. I'm but fine fix with your that. mind. I'm trying so. <laughs> you, you brought up some interesting things. Um, I do want to talk about the jobs before you kind of started making your living as a comic. Sure. But, but, but the whole idea of, of what you, you saying, the quality that you, that you like when people like you. For me personally, it was, I always thought I never got over the fact that, oh, people really like my band Mm -hmm. that don't know me, that aren't my friends. Right. And, you know, that was always. You never bought it. Well, yeah, it was, I was always, yeah, I was always second guessing myself. I don't myself. like me. Why would exactly. you? Like yeah, well, I'm just curious. Like, I'm using a simple equation here. You know, you, you're for you know, you're going up stage on upstage or up, you know, yeah, you or, go up, you go up, <laughs> up to <stage>. the stage. <laughs> if there's a stage in the park, little little stage, yeah, and, we have, one. <laughs> and you're telling jokes, and people are responding to the jokes, uh, and by default to you, but they don't know you. Um, Unless Malcolm Gladwell is right, and all you need is a split second. (laughs) This is—I mean, maybe this is a little vague and zen or whatever. But um, I don't know. I'm opening this to the floor. It's getting over. It's finding the way to get over. uh, Like you kind of said, but well, just like, like, well, I don't like myself. So why do you? Like, I I don't know. It's necessarily not liking myself. It's like the way that I. Maybe there are kids out there that liked my band the way I liked, loved bands when I was growing up. Right. Or maybe there are kids that, not necessarily kids, but maybe there are people that enjoy your comedy the way that they enjoyed, you know, Steve Martin or whatever. I just started interacting with a a, a fan of mine who's a fourteen year old girl. I just found out. Right. Really? Just, yeah, she's like a huge. She was like retweeting lots of things and like uh-huh. putting quotes on Facebook. Uh, and I didn't know, I didn't know at the time she was a 14 year old girl. I was, but I, like, often, like, when people tweet at me and stuff, I'll, I'll write back to them a direct message. Right. Uh, and be like, thanks. You know, sometimes I'll write them, like, a joke or something, or if, right. I, if I can come up with something funny. But if I can't say something funny that I don't think everybody would want to see, sure. I'll just privately message them and be like, hey, thanks for, you know, your support, say, or saying a nice thing. And if you want to say more things, not on Twitter, uh, because I don't follow them, so they can't direct message me back. And right. some people are like, hey, I can't do it. <laughs> I'll just be like, well, you can, my email's on my website. You can email me or yeah. Here's my email. And so this girl emailed me and was like, I'm a big fan. And I was like, well, I hope to see you at a show sometime. Where do you live? She's like, New York, but I'm 14. And I was like, okay, well, super. Uh, Good luck with that. I, you know, I, I hope that you can come to a show yeah. sometime. Uh, In a couple years. That, yeah, I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. maybe she can go to the UCB. I don't know, you know. 
but that sounds cool though and like it, it's cool there's like nothing yeah. I, love it. It. Yeah. I love having fans yeah. here's the thing like obviously the the idea of like i don't like myself so why should anyone like myself well because number one uh, that's faulty because they don't know you like you know you. Right. Like, I mean, Kurt Cobain obviously had tons of fans, but he was not the biggest fan of right. what was going on in his own head. Right. Uh, so Literally. Speak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, he was a fan of what went on in his head last. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, I mean, so obviously I think you can objectively understand that, like, oh, if you like a band – the person, you'd be like, oh, maybe that guy doesn't like himself, but I like him. Right. I, or I like what he's doing. And then I think that he's wrong to not like, uh, to, you know, he, maybe he, li- there's things that I don't know. Like, sure. oh, if he, he doesn't like himself because he beats his wife. If I knew that, oh, I wouldn't like that either. <laughs> right. or, or like, oh, that comedian's great. Oh, he's a joke thief. Maybe then I don't like him as much. Right. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be an all or nothing thing. There's yeah. gray areas. Yes. But, uh, it's important to like yourself. That's, yeah. uh, I think, I mean, if you're not, if you're Guys, doing thank something, you so much for listen, this. Jeff, listen, Jeff, <laughs> uh, are there, re- are you a bad, per- do you do bad things? And is that why you don't like yourself? Uh, no. Then stop it. Right. I'm trying desperately. <laughs> Are you in therapy? Yes. Yeah. Then yes. Why, why isn't it? Oh, I'm working on it. Okay. Uh, <laughs> much, Got the much therapy the guy. Yes. Much to my wife's chagrin. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, okay. Uh, anyway, so you were saying. I, I'm, I'm just said, trying to fix it. Jeff here. For oh, no, this, yeah. That's right. the no, whole no, point no. of this. Yeah. That's why you came here. Isn't that the name of this podcast? Fix Jeff? Yes. Finally. We figured it out. Uh, no, sorry. That's on. the subtitle. Yeah. Um, okay, so you were saying before, uh, at what point did you, have you started, did you start making your living solely through, uh, it joke was, telling? It was the, co- the college market that, mm-hmm. uh, do you guys know what NACA is? The uh, National it, yeah. Association for Campus Activities. Okay. Right. Um, they are an organization made up of, uh, you know, so the college booking units. Like, so they have conferences all over the country, mm-hmm. like once a year in each region. And like they, you know, it's, a, it's sort of a bit, very competitive thing that, you know, both for comedians, bands, solo musicians, like magicians, acrobats, anybody who might come to perform at a college, poets, lecturers, like anything. Right. These people are, uh, they're all, they can, you can submit. And then they pick a certain number of, you know, each type of performer. And then they put on a showcase uh, for or a number of showcases over a weekend. And uh, then all the, like, it could be like a hundred schools have representatives there. Right. And so you perform for all of them. And then, you know, if a dozen of them like you, then that's a dozen sure. great paying gigs that you get. And they try to route them together because it's the same region. So, like, you know, you mm-hmm. can get one gig for this much money or for 90% of that, like, Three schools can book you and they get a discount or for if they do five schools, then it'll be, you know, a little cheaper for them. But, you know, you get a lot more because you're doing five schools in a week. Right. So you're actually performing for this for this association. Yep. The way that it works, you send in uh, a three minute tape. Mm-hmm. first uh, and then they pick from those three minute tapes uh, like however many say you know you know 10 comedians 10 musicians 10 other things and then yeah over the course of a weekend they have like six shows or five or four where they have like you know five or six of each of those on at a time right and yeah and you're performing for the student activities uh office representatives Interesting. like it'll be like maybe like eight students and their advisor yeah. or it could be only a couple students depending on the size of the school and then and then afterwards there's like a marketplace where they come up and they're like hey uh i liked you when can when are you available uh and then hopefully you That's get a lot of bookings and i i'm in our case uh for our bands it was our booking agent you know someone from the from the school student activities, whatever, would get in right. touch with the booking agent. We'd hear from our booking agent, oh, you want to play uh, the University of uh, Schmohawk or whatever. I love the University of Schmohawk. Which, which, which is really an accredited well. university, by the way. <laughs> um, 
So that's interesting. I did I did not know that. Well, that is all. I mean, then what you just said that also happens. Yeah. Like I, my college right. booking agent. Like I got the college booking agent, and but for comedians, definitely, and for some bands, certainly, there's always bands there. Right. Acapella groups, this sort mm-hmm. of thing. The uh, Wick and Poofs. Yeah, yeah. I like uh, I like the Wick and Poofs. So okay, so you've been you've I been. I sang with the Wick and Poofs once. It was an honor. You did. Oh, did very nice. Came to my high school. And you just felt compelled to. <laughs> I was join in the chorus in. at the time. Did you grow up in Connecticut? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, but yeah, so I definitely have. Have, you know, this college booking agent that, uh, like, gets me gigs aside from NACA. But, you know, NACA is this, like, sort of bulk thing. Mm-hmm. So the, the way that I was able to stop doing the other jobs that I had was when I got this, the first big chunk of, like, I think the sure. mid-Atlantic region. And I booked, like, maybe a couple dozen schools mm. at once. And I was like, wow, that's great. That's enough money uh, to not have to worry about this job for a while and right. focus on comedy. And I was also doing, like, some road work. Uh, in the Boston, New England area and getting some money from that. And I was like, well, this is perfect as long as I can, you know, either maintain this or hopefully get another one next year. Because I did have a couple years in a row where I did get at least like one showcase that got me a few gigs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, you know, everything was sort of growing gradually. Was that the Barnes and Noble job that you were able to leave? Uh, the Barnes and Noble job I was at, uh, from like 2001. Well, I started grad school in 2000. Mm-hmm. And, uh, oh, so, okay. So you started right when I left. Gotcha. I'm just doing the math. Okay. For gotcha. my own life. There you for go. For the yeah. listener. For the listener. I would Jeff and Mike as... overlapped yes. at Boston University. Yeah, so we're about University. the same age because I graduated from Brandeis in 2000. Right. Started grad school at BU in 2000. Started working at the cafe, oh, pretty pretty immediately. Right. Uh, so I started, yeah, around that year. And then in 2001, uh, I got a job at a technology company uh, where I, I was studying linguistics and they wanted linguistics people to help uh, teach computers how to process language. Essentially, right. I could get into it more, but that's... <laughs> what Was that your plan in... Th- or- did you have a plan with the linguistics outside of doing comedy or? At that point, I was not even doing comedy. Okay. I w- at that point, I was an aspiring singer-songwriter. Okay. Uh, and I did go to grad school ostensibly to, in my own mind, uh, help give myself, m- give myself more time to get discovered, quote sure. unquote. Uh, and I wanted, I wanted to have like a seat, you know, CDs and right. fans and albums, you know, that, that's what I wanted. So that's interesting. So you, so it was, so it sounds like, so music was the passion. Music before, was the passion. Before comedy. Yes. Oh, was, oh, yeah. the, was it the passion in high school and everything? Like, yeah, what? I was. My parents were music teachers, okay. so they. I was playing violin since age four. Right. When it was not the passion, it was the forced thing. The passion right. to Christ. It was made. Yeah, it was yes. that kind of passion for sure. Uh, Christ, this, this passion. <laughs> uh, I had the same yeah. deal with violin, where my mom said, "Well, you can play violin for one year." Uh, and then you have the option to get out. And then as soon as the year went up, I said, I don't want to do this. And she said, well, no, you've done it for a year. You're going to keep playing violin. I was like, oh, right. I, I did Tricked. that with trumpet. Yeah. yeah. Trumpet was my I mean, I was sort of tricked the same. I wasn't even given like a year option. You know, right. I was like, oh, you're going to be tenured in and it'll be great. <laughs> but uh, no, I, I was, she was like, you know, you're four, I'm four years old. She's like, do you want to play an instrument? And you're four. You're like, well, yeah, sure. What does that mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, and then I did. And I was like, oh, I don't really like it. But she's like, well, you're doing it now. And uh, right. you're grandfathered in to <laughs> your ch- grandchilded in. You're the child uh and so yeah i did that for years had theory classes was in ensembles master classes like you know learned so much that i didn't care about which ultimately in high school i taught myself guitar and i was right. super thankful that i had all that experience i'm like oh i don't have to do this but i love it sure it's amazing i learned i taught myself to play like other people's songs and then started writing my own songs was there any yet was there ever a band era with you uh there was at the time uh i, I had my summer camp uh, which was an arts camp, and I had uh, a friend there, 
who is still one of my best friends and actually is my roommate now. We've known each other since like, about 20 years now. And he uh, became one of my best friends, and he is also a musician, among other things. And so Where we, was that arts camp? Uh, in Connecticut, actually. Wesleyan? Uh, it was, no, it was uh, Bucks Rock. In, okay. In I didn't see why. New Milford. Wesley. I gotcha. Summer arts. New Milford, there's actually, there's, I, and. CCY, Christians? No. Okay. Center for Creative Youth. I don't know okay. if it was there at the time. In New Milford, there is, or New, New Milford, Milford or Milford. Center? No, there's an amazing pilot gas station that we would always know whenever the band was going. Hold on, go on. Go on. The, story is, the story gets good. This guys. is a gas station that all other gas stations are based on. It was the pilot gas <laughs> exactly. station. Well, no, pilot is, I guess, a New England brand of right. gas. Sure. Never heard of and, it. Go on. And yeah. there was. And was so, there for 12 years. <laughs> and, uh, so you know, you know where I'm talking about. You I know? actually don't, but go on. Okay. Yeah. So we would we stop at the pilot going up north, you know, to Boston right. or wherever we were playing. They had fantastic, there's a fantastic Krispy Kreme Chris, Chris, Chris Chris there. Okay. And Great. that's it. That I was, would go to the New Milford Teat Center. There were hardcore shows there. Bolds did a reunion uh, there. <laughs> Anyways, go on. So, yeah. So, I uh, I loved playing the guitar. Oh, and my friend Sam and I, we, you know, I we formed a us playing together. Right. Uh, I guess a band. Sure. Uh, Is that, that the name? Nope. Uh, that would be a great <laughs> band. Us, us playing together. Yeah. Like, that'd be Norm MacDonald's band, his new yeah. stand-up special, Me Doing Stand-Up. Uh, yeah. But uh, Sam and I, we put out, like, cassette tapes right. one sure. year uh, of, like, uh, six or eight songs. And I think we just put it, the, the title of the album at that point, I think, was called My Grandfather Was a Spy by Mike and Sam. Uh, and My Grandfather Was a Spy was the name of one of my songs, which was based on my grandfather, who I think was, you know, was something in World War II. Right. Uh, and then the next year, we made uh, CDs. And we're like, what are we going to call this one? And then what are we going to call us? Do we need a, should we have a band name? And then we're like, we're like, we like the band name. My grandfather was a spy. So that became <laughs> what was the previous album title became our name. And the album like was it. called Sleepless Nights, Nights with a K, which <laughs> I love wordplay so from an early age, which seemed like a better, like what now we put that out for people who'd seen the other one. They're like, Oh, so now your band name is Sleepless Nights. You are the Sleepless Nights. Pretty I good name. actually. Sleepless Nights. It feels like a Jerry Rafferty album. Yeah. It, it could definitely, it, it has a classic. It's beautiful. It so yeah. So we, we put that together. You know, we both played guitar, like, and he played bass and I played violin on it and he did some piano and I think we might have put some drums on some of it. Uh, and so we did that. And then this is high school. Then, that is, it, that was between high school and college, I would okay. say, like, you know, late high school, early college. And we still, like, he went to Brown, I went to Brandeis, and we would, like, you know, hang out and right. record other songs that we never released specifically after that. But, you know, we still, like, we, we enjoy, he's now, like, a sound engineer, uh, and he actually, uh, the new album that uh, I have coming out with Micah Sherman, uh, he recorded, a, uh, we, we recorded over three nights, and he recorded a few of those nights, and oh, so great. he is one of the uh, engineers. Well, let, let's talk about that for a second. So sure. Tell, tell us about the new musical comedy duo. So yeah, uh, I will in. do that, uh, which also does not have a name other than Micah Sherman and Mike Kaplan or Sleepless Mike Nights. <laughs> Sleepless Mike Nights 2, perhaps? It is already available for pre-order. I don't think we can change it. <laughs> okay, well, no, I'll send an email to iTunes. We like having our name Wait, in there. You can, no, no, cha- no, no, you can change it, Jeff, Jeff, you can change it in your own iTunes if you just oh, okay. go into the Get <laughs> Info. Oh, yeah, yeah everybody can yeah. change it to Sleepless Nights. Search for my name and then change it once you buy it. Done and done. But yeah, so basically here's a brief history from then to now. Sam and I played music. I played my own music when I was in Boston, starting out trying to be an aspiring singer-songwriter. Found the comedy studio where they let me play some songs. Eventually was like, I don't need this guitar. I'll say things. Right. Uh, for a little while was doing like, if I had a five-minute set, started going to other places, like, jokes for four minutes and then a song to end it. Right. And then 
once I had enough material, jokes for 10 minutes, jokes for 15, 20, until I was headlining colleges, and I was like, I I don't have enough time, jokes for 45 (laughs) minutes, 15 minutes of songs. Uh, Oh, so when you were still doing colleges, you were still playing songs? uh, Not exactly, a little bit, like, I wasn't like big on the college market it was like mm-hmm. colleges here and there like sure. you know i was like oh, i'll do your college can i can i come perform for it? and they're like yeah can you do an hour i'm like yeah i think so uh as opposed to like later when it was like a more legitimate when i should have been doing it yeah right and were uh, these original songs or oh yeah these- uh i mean mostly original songs original music and lyrics occasional parodies but okay. like i'm not, not necessarily a- humorous songs oh i mean or- when i was performing them in comedy circumstances they were all comedy songs okay. right and but I definitely did have other songs that were not explicitly comedy songs that I wouldn't have played uh, for comedy audiences. Yeah, right. I would play them at the Block Island Music Festival. <laughs> right. Uh, or, you know, or just that other – if somebody was like, hey, I'm just doing a show. Can you play some music? Sure. Uh, then sure. Uh, but, yeah, so then in Boston, I start, I really started focusing on comedy in 2002, whereas, like, around 99, 2000, like, my senior year at Brandeis is when I started pursuing the music a lot. And then 2002 was when I was like, comedy clubs, comedy is what I want to do, right. comedy. And so then a few years after that, I met Micah Sherman, who moved from Chicago, uh, where he was doing like improv and stand up. Uh, he started there with people like, I think like Hannibal and like TJ Miller. Uh, and so then he came to Boston and started doing stand up there and started working with the improv asylum in Boston and doing improv there. And then he and I became friends. And then he just got the opportunity one day, he was like, to, to host a show and ask me to do it with him. And we, I was like, sure. Like, we weren't like super close friends at the time, but right. I guess he liked my comedy and liked me as a person. And I, I liked him and I, I liked doing things. <laughs> so we, I was like, what do you want to do when we host this? He's like, do you want to write some songs? And so I was like, sure. He knew that I, re- that I had started from music. Right. And he's like, yeah, I used to be in a band in high school. So let's put some songs together. And I think the first three songs that we wrote, I don't even remember. Some of them are like, we don't, we don't do them at all. Right. And they'd be sort of funny to revisit now. <laughs> <laughs> they were, oh, man, yeah, something. But, uh, it, like the same, like my first big hit as a solo, uh, my co- first comedic song, like doesn't make any sense at all, right. but like people loved it. Right. Like, I mean, they, people who were my friends who knew right, me. Right, uh, right. But yeah, so then Micah and I, we, we hosted these shows and then the owner of the comedy studio, uh, like had us, had us do it or saw us do it and was like, Hey, we're looking for a guy to, uh, we're looking for a new host for Thursday nights. Like the Thursday night spot hosting had been done by this one guy, then this other guy. And now it was like sort of up, not up for grabs, which is like nobody was doing it specifically. And so he had us do that. And then we started just hosting this weekly show at this mm-hmm. great club that had sort of like a built in audience. And we sort of started developing our own, you know, fans and material. Right. And just like we would, you know, every, we did a show every week. So we'd want to do something different every week. Sure. It's, not, it's not like we wrote a song every week necessarily, mm-hmm. but we were always working on like new ideas and bits. And like he might go, you know, his improv skills are amazing. And right. He, uh, he does a show in New York City called The Scene, which uh-huh. is like combines improv and I think like some theater, actual legit theater stuff okay. going on. He does it at the Pit every okay. Thursday, yeah, uh, yeah. and they've been getting some good stuff there. Uh, and uh, yeah, so now I mean, he became one of my best friends, and like I learned, I realized he's like one of the funniest people. Like I just right. hang out with him. Like so, we just make each other laugh, and that's the great thing about you know a group as opposed to just yourself. Uh, because if you ha- if you find somebody who you like their sensibility and they like your sensibility, then with comedy you're like, I think this is funny, and you take it to an audience and they can disagree, and you're like, but what you come on? But like with us, when we're writing a song, we're just like, what about this? What about this? What about right. this? And we're just like cracking each other up, and then yeah. we'll take it to an audience, and we'll th- and if they don't like something, we'll be like, what? Who cares? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
That's, uh, uh, and it's uh, it's so much fun. And so yeah, so we we that was like a few years. I think we both moved to New York in 2008. Right. So we must have been doing the hosting from like, but it was like a little over a year, like 2007, 2008. And uh, so we've been doing stuff since our, for you know at least five years together. Mm-hmm. And uh, just in December of this past year, we went back to Boston to the Comedy Studio and Improv Boston, and mm-hmm. uh, just recorded a few nights of live. Shows That's and great. a few sleepless nights. A few uh, we got some sleep. Uh, <laughs> sleepful nights and really, yeah, Sam and me sleepless nights. Micah and me sleepful nights. Uh, and then we also Micah. It's funny because uh, so Sam recorded some of it for us, and the other guy who recorded it for us is a guy named Gabe who has uh, lives in Hartford and okay. has like a student. You know, his uh, I think teaches recording stuff there right. at, the, at a school and uh, does you know has a home based studio. Mm-hmm. And so we went in there and recorded some stuff live there, or live in the studio. Right, we recorded right. it live. Sure. And then it's now it's recorded for the record. <laughs> yes. So I think there's like four studio tracks and then, you know, a bunch of live tracks That's on the good. album. Uh, did you enjoy the studio? I love it. Yeah. 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 It's fucking it's the fun. Studio is where it's at. Yeah. I think. It is. It's, um it's- so I just and the record is called again. Please be seated. Please be seated. People are very often trying to give us standing ovations. So uh, <laughs> please be seated. You got to start off. So you you I mean over the years between music and comedy you've played you know, thousands of shows. That's true. That's true. Do you have one that stands out as the worst gig ever? Uh I there's definitely a couple that spring to mind that I that I always that you know that get brought up okay. when that question is asked. Uh like the one that literally made there's like three I would say that I can think of that made me fe- that made me feel the worst. Okay. Uh, like I mean, when you start out, there are so many that go badly because you don't know what you're doing. Right. Uh, and so like those, I don't even I can't sure they all run the open mic day all of the first several years. Yeah. Number right. one, uh, there was this one I had to do. My friend Erin Judge, who is a hilarious comedian, uh, she just put out a new album this year as well. And uh, she, we started out together pretty much around the same time in Boston. And she's one of my favorite people, a very good friend. Uh, and she ha- did like one year in Boston, a show for like, I don't know if it was like the Freemasons or like some sort of like big man gathering, right. sure. like in like the basement of a church, New I don't know, slosh. like whatever it was. Yeah. And she had an amazing time. And the next year, I think they wanted her to do it again, but she couldn't. So she's like, let me give you my friend, Mike, he can do it. <laughs> and I guess what one of the things that they had loved about her was that she just like went off book and just like riffed and right. made fun of people and roasted people. And like right. she was real and she they they loved it. Right. And at the time... I think I I could do that gig better now. Sure. But at the time, I was much more of like, that is not what I do. Right. I do all. my material. Yeah. I write work. things and then I say them. Yeah. Uh, and so I went in, uh, and they were like, they were, you know, I was there to do a, to paid this much money to do a half an hour. And then I'm talking to the person beforehand, and he's like, okay, let me tell you, this is just this room full of big Italian guys. Is my memory. Uh, Target like, here's, market. Oh yeah, exactly. He's like, here's what I'm gonna here, let me tell you about some of these guys, so you can have some stuff to talk about. And I was like, uh, okay, I guess I will listen to the things you say. And he's like, that guy over there, he disappeared for months and then reappeared at a strip club. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Uh, this guy over there, he hasn't bought a new pair of shoes in 25 years. I'm like, okay, fair enough. This guy over here, okay, no bald jokes. This guy over here, yeah, no Italian jokes. I think I that know. guy Jimmy from the pizza place in Louisiana 
there yeah, too. Exactly. Maybe wait, not. The, the guy wait, Jimmy, the which guy? The, your guy Jimmy that you were talking about earlier, making the pizza. Jimmy with the, oh with yeah. the vegetable top. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Failed with call nothing. Back. I Great, got it. I didn't know his name. Oh, it, it, Jimmy. He I forgot. Yeah, Jimmy. I forgot his name was Jimmy. We all, all right. forgot his name. All right, we sorry. all forgot it. Yeah. Right. sorry, Jimmy. Okay. Uh, so anyway, uh, so so they you got yeah brief. These these guys invented a marinade called Fat Boy Marinade. That might be the. I don't know if that's the actual name, but that's otherwise paraphrased exactly uh and so i'm like super okay. usable information i have all of the information the sneaker thing is pretty funny though like, uh, yeah that, i mean that's pretty good yeah <laughs> so legitimately uh i'm like okay i guess <laughs> let me know and then he's like okay well, how much did we tell you to do and i was like 30 minutes and he's like okay why don't you and i might i'm like do less do less do less <laughs> he's like we'll give you more money if you do 45 and i was like Okay. Uh, yes, and that's the rule for yep, improv exactly. and stand up making money. Uh, right. Yes, stand up. Okay. So, uh, and here's how I remember the show getting started. Like there was a DJ who, like a woman who was like operating the music, uh, and then like they were they were all eating uh, beforehand, and there was music playing. I don't know if it was karaoke or whatever. There was like a wireless mic. Uh, no stage. It was just like a room, you know, mm-hmm. a big like rec hall room with like round tables everywhere. They're not facing any direction <laughs> in particular. There's like a buffet area and they cut the music and the guy gets on the mic and he's like, all right, everybody, uh, we're going to have some stand up comedy now. Also, the dessert line is open. So <laughs> go for it. Mike Kaplan, like <laughs> not, not even a like, hey, everybody, like quiet down right. or like your attention, please. Please welcome to the stage. Huh? Ready, ready, ready to clap it. Like, literally, the people were talking beforehand. They kept talking. Like, I was just like, all right, here we go. I'm gonna, you're getting dessert. Okay. Bum rush like, of the dessert I could, table. I mean. Be louder while you get cake. Mike's gonna talk, whatever. So, I was walking around the room to like, it, when I was near a table, they would listen to me. Right. I'd be like, hey, you guys, you're listening to me now. Perfect. What about, oh, now you guys. And like, there was one guy who like was looking at me and like finally started I, I don't even call it heckling because right. I think it was like it was like helpling, you know what I mean? Right. Uh, like because he was at least you're in, like the worse than heck. I mean heckling is bad. Don't right. heckle if you're at a show, but also don't not pay attention. <laughs> like that is in a way worse. At least if somebody's like boo, you're like oh you're listening. Right. No, you're not. Nobody's ever like yeah. boo. I'm not listening, but I'm sure I wouldn't like <laughs> yeah. it. Like the the not the the laissez faire heckler. Right. I don't know, like. Like, I don't do your thing, but boo, you know, <laughs> I'm going to keep eating, but boo. Uh, so I, this guy, he was like, I got near him and he was like, hey, you want to, you want to make fun of me? What do you want to make? You want to make fun of? And I was like, I guess if that's what you want. He's like, my last name is gay. Literally, my last name is gay. Do your worst. And I'm like, well, it sounds like the worst already happened. I don't, I don't know. You think that's the, uh, and I can't imagine I don't think we had a signal of like the light to get right. off, but I, I certainly, I can't imagine that I did a half. I certainly didn't do the extra <laughs> for the extra money, but oh my God. Like I was, this is not, no, it was the, the end. It sounds like that a terrible is. version of when, uh, do you remember when Caroline's mate tried to make Caroline's a theme restaurant? I don't remember in Times that. Square? Not at all. And their, their, their shtick was you would eat and stand ups would have to walk around. Oh no. Doing stand up, and the guy who was there was a prop comedian. I remembered from half hour comedy hour, 
And he's like dragging his pin around. That's and so I could not have been bothered to pay attention. And you mean, actually ate there? Yeah, my dad was like, You like comedy? I'm gonna you bring like it food? a camera lot. <laughs> to be to be fair. Right. That situation, I mean, this situation should also, like, the, the whole, I think I mentioned this at the beginning, like, the main, one of the main ingredients of a comedy show is people who want to be at the comedy show oh, yours paying worse. attention. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you go to Carrot, they're like, hey, let's go to the restaurant where there's comedians right. walking around. I'll assume there might be comedy involved. <laughs> it's like, like, it's like that Todd Barry joke about going to the, the Forrest Gump themed restaurant. <laughs> if you don't know it, you should check it out. It's right. good. It's on his new album uh, slash special, uh, Super Crazy, yes. I believe is what uh, it's called. Super Funny Guy. And so wait, I think you said there were three. Uh, oh yeah. The other one was, uh, I think the, the first, yeah. First one was the first two years of open. Mind. There might have, yeah, there might have actually been. Oh, no, there, there was another actual one that I was thinking of, where it was just like it was actually in in Manchester, Connecticut, Ooh. at some restaurant where it was on the second floor, but it was like really like narrow. It was long and narrow, so like I could only see, and the lights were in my face. I could only see the people in the front row. And like then all, and I could hear nobody because they were not making any sounds uh-huh. of laughs. <laughs> they were there for a show, and I think there was like I think I was oh I was fe- I was featuring or there was it was me doing like twenty or thirty minutes, right? And then somebody doing forty five to an hour years ago, and they were the guy was like these people love crowd work, and I'm like number one <laughs> I don't do that, number two I can't see them. Like there's <laughs> so here's a strong beginning to these worst gigs. Yeah, don't do crowd work. Uh, so. I, it just, I, they didn't, yeah. he, and he was like, just, you know, try to do it to get into your jokes. Right. I was like, all right. So who here loves the Heisenberg uncertainty principle? <laughs> uh, and so that, I think he lit me like, you know, maybe like 15 minutes. I was supposed to do like 25. <laughs> right. And I, I got out of there and then didn't work for that guy for a long time yeah. until like, you know, a few years, a few years later, like I think I started getting, you know, right. I was, you know, getting better constantly, but I think eventually... <laughs> Uh, he I was like, you going in to see him because like, you get that crowd work chops up. Yet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that he was like, Hey, do you want, I mean, once I became a headliner, he was like, Hey, do you want right. to headline my rooms? Let's and I try was this like, again. Probably not. <laughs> yeah. uh, not so sight. But I mean, I actually, I'm, I'm super much more comfortable, uh, doing crap. Like, I don't even, I don't think of it as like, crap. Right. Hey, what do you do? Like, I mean, but I'll talk to the audience, sure. uh, for fun or riff, like right. working with Micah actually because of his improv skills and his like, like, you know, ease as a performer, like really inspired me, right. uh, to be like, Oh wow, this is like a really cool thing to do. And like, Oh, it takes what a is- long time to get used. Cause especially if you are, you, you know, you have very distinct, like well-written jokes, you know? And so like you have a, you have a very distinct material. You're going. Thank you. With. That's all yeah, that I want. Podcast yeah. over. <laughs> uh, but like seeing people like him and like other comedians like Rory Scovel, right. it was a huge inspiration to like, he has jokes, but then he also can not do them for an hour if right. he wants to. And it's amazing. And I'm like, wow, that's like a cool muscle to work. Like, right. it's like not everybody has to, not everybody can necessarily, but I'm like, oh, I do. Like if an audience is great, I will say a lot of things yeah. that I didn't intend to. And then like might become jokes for later or might just be for that moment but uh yeah but at the, t- at the time of those two gigs sure. that wasn't what was happening <laughs> yeah. uh, but i think the last one was uh before i left boston or maybe i don't know maybe i maybe i maybe i, maybe I had just moved to new york but i, I went back because they were like uh the main the big club in town but in boston was the comedy connection that's right. now they book shows at the wilbur theater and they also booked some other rooms like in new hampshire and cape cod and other places so i've done like i've opened for some people there uh over the years and I got the opportunity. They were like, "Hey, we need somebody to come to the the Cape Cod Melody Tent. Are you familiar? It's a mm-hmm. it is a huge. Mo- There's a tent, but you're yes. outside. Perfect. It's like uh, this outdoor venue. Uh, 
uh, it's in the round, so you're on like a, a rotating stage, uh-huh. uh, and it's like 2,000 people surrounding you, or 2,000 seats. I don't know if they were all yeah, there yet. Like the old Oakdale. Opening for Casey and the Sunshine Band. Ooh. Uh, I was like, well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Like getting paid decently to do it. Sure. And as it turns out, I, I think the reason that they wanted, I'm like, they don't need any, they don't need an opener at all. Right. Like, I don't know why they want one, uh, as it turns out, because the people come, like, it says on the ticket, seven o'clock. Yeah. They show up, and they're getting in their seats. At seven o'clock, I go on stage. Yep. Uh, and they're like, Casey, bring out Casey. <laughs> and I'm like, well, I'm doing 25 to 30 minutes. Right. And then is an intermission. And then they come out at eight. Yeah. <laughs> like, there's no, there's, sorry, like, guys. You're here early <laughs> because they, they're like, if they say seven and they come out at seven, then people get here late and yeah. they're sad. Right. Like, the, I'm there just to literally to fill time. Yeah. And the only reason Comedy I'm not a buffer. Yeah, the only reason I'm not a band yeah. is because a band couldn't fit on this, on that small stage with right. their, all their stuff is on. Right. They're not letting people use their instruments. They just need, who's a guy that can fit? Like, this stage isn't big enough for the two of us, other band. <laughs> literally, get a small comedian. Uh, so I'm on this stage and just like, nobody is there to see comedy. Right. Literally, like, I've done shows at that place opening for comedians. Uh, and it's amazing. It's, right. uh, it's great because people, that's again, the missing link, the, the commonality, being there to see the show <laughs> yeah. that you're seeing. Like, and plus the, st- the, the stage is rotating so slowly that I would start a joke and then I would finish a joke in front of other people. Right. And, <laughs> and you have a wall. I'm guessing you have a wall of instruments anyway. So like, as you're half finishing the joke, it's blocking who you gave the setup uh, to. Yeah. I mean, they can, it was, it only went up to like my right. waist. So they could right. still see where I <laughs> they am. They can see the back of your head you're as you deliver. It's not like a shell. shell. <laughs> yeah. I'm not in a pod. Oh, play with gigantic full stacks. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. That's a, uh, but uh, like there was like a little girl who like right. gave me a thumbs down. <laughs> And I was Later like, turned out to be the 14-year-old fan. Uh, eventually. <laughs> that could have been about six uh, years hard ago. Oh, yeah. oh, that was That was what made it. That was what started it. But I mean, I and f- actually talking to her and her family was like one of the high points <laughs> of that. Because I'm like, she's giving me a thumbs down. And they're like, ha, ha, ha. And I was like, oh, my. A, a gir- little girl, what are you doing? <laughs> like, And like the, her parents were happy that she got attention. Right. Yeah. And then like people would just be like, get down tonight. And I'm like, are you requesting the song or telling me what to do? <laughs> Uh, and uh, I don't even know how KC was going to fit on the stage because he's, I don't know, he's gotten, I don't know if he was always large, but he's a large, more like KFC. Am I right, guys? Oh, I got him. I got him. I'm not going to be opening for him. And he's more the size of Kansas City, right? right. Uh, I never thought of that before. Good work. It's been worth coming here. Uh, it there's no end. place to go but down. People, yes. there were people, you know, who were like, obvi- like booing occasionally. And I, at one point, I just sort of stopped when I, I was like, guys, I, exp- I explained, I'm like, I'm here to do my job, right. which is to perform. I, I'm like, I've been commissioned to perform for 25 to 30 minutes. Right. And th- if I get off stage sooner, the band doesn't come out sooner. The band yeah. comes out at eight regardless. Right. So if you're having fun booing, great. But it seems <laughs> like you're not. It seems like you're not having fun. It seems like you really legitimately in your hearts want me to leave. So <laughs> let me make you a deal. 25 to 30 minutes. If you stop making negative noises... I'll do 25. If you keep making negative noises, it's going to be 30. It's going to be 30. Uh, they did not stop. I think I did. Uh, I think I did like 27 and a half. Minutes. I split it right down. Chastising. Yeah. I was like, some I pe- I'm not going to punish the people who did right. stop. Right. That, that's a pheno- that's a phenomenal story. That's great. Thank you. One of many that we've heard. Yes. Uh, uh, today about uh, Casey and the Sunshine. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Just can't stop talking about Casey. Have to get that guy in sometimes if we can fit him in. <laughs> Literally. Uh, Okay, so we'd like to end the show. Yes. Great. I would love to also. <laughs> oh, finally. Jesus fucking With a Christ. question that, that, that we ask everybody. Yeah. And for you in particular, 
as a linguistics uh, uh, whatever after master <laughs> master. <laughs> exactly. Right? It was it wasn't the AS degree. No. Um, what do you think of the word gig? Uh, I like it. Is that is that what you want? Like uh, yeah. I mean, as it's as goes with a co- with a comedian, like what right. was it's interesting. People have asked me, like a lot of people who aren't in comedy, were like, like, hey, wh- where are you playing tonight? Is that right. does that make sense? Like, what show perform? How do I talk to you? Right. Break a gig? I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, the, tonight I'm doing an engagement at uh, Stand Up New York. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I think I I like the word gig. Uh, I like show. I like gig. Uh, I don't know if there are other ones, but yeah, uh, gigging. Uh, I don't, I don't giggity giggity. Uh, giggle. I like giggles. I like gig giggle short for giggles. Nice. Yeah. Uh, yes. Got that some, makes you know, sense. shits and gigs. Got a couple gigs tonight, you <laughs> yeah. know. I, I like, you know, some people for short for shits and giggles, shh and gigs. You know? <laughs> Perfect. Uh, but yeah, uh, so yes, I, I enjoy the word. It's useful and thank you. All right. Perfect. Well, Wonderful. uh, the, the last thing we're going to say is that you have a show coming up. You have, you're traveling a lot. Got a lot of stuff going on in the next, you know, couple of weeks, months, years, whatever. I do. You just gotta get home safe. <laughs> That's. I hope so. Thank you. Oh, uh, that was That's a, how it ends. That's the end. Uh, download the album and uh, <laughs> exactly yeah, go to go to my website. Yeah. Follow me on Twitter. Do all the things. Are we still recording? Worst gig ever. <laughs>